This podcast is brought to you by Pragmatic Solutions, the leading iGaming PAM platform with a modular approach, including many benefits like a fast, secure, and scalable API-based platform integrated with all major third-party products and services. Make sure you head over to Pragmatic Solutions and join our smart thinking. Well, um, Mattes, uh, we, we'll jump straight into it here. So obviously you've taken over as a new CEO of uh, Bragg Gaming Group, but uh, obviously you have a long history in the company. You started as the founder of Oryx uh, back in 2010, uh, the company that then kind of morphed into uh, Bragg Gaming Group. Uh, first and foremost, can you talk about uh, your journey in the company in the last uh, 13 years? What, uh, how did the company start and uh, can you talk about the journey that led us here today? Sure. So we started as a software development shop back in, in the early 2010s. And uh, for the first two years, we were pretty much developing um, games and, 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 uh, and BAM tech stack. And we started licensing it out to um, operators in 2013. Uh, before that, we were basically, you know, selling parts of that tech stack to uh, individual operators. And we we're more like a software shop. Um, and then we quickly became, um, an aggregator of third party content because our operators wanted more and more content. And those were the times where, you know, uh, markets were regulating and, uh, people were looking at, uh, different content providers, how to add different content providers efficiently, um, without having to put too much effort into integration, into delivery into uh, legal paperwork uh, that all slowed them down obviously so we came uh, in as a as a very efficient solution for that for that problem um, so in 2015 we started uh, with the aggregation uh, business or the aggregation vertical um, and by 2018 we were one of the uh, most important aggregators out there, aggregators of content out there, both on the, uh, what to call a, a hub, uh, level and the RGS level with, uh, obviously Gamamat, uh, as our, um, most important, uh, content studio. We were focusing on Germany and Southeastern European markets, uh, at that time. And, uh, we had PAM clients in those markets as well. Um, in 2018, we then, uh, sold the company to a group of Canadian investors that rolled it into a public company, uh, cross-listed it to, first it was listed on TSX Venture, cross-listed it into, uh, into TSX. And, uh, eventually after the end of the second year of, uh, my earnout period, uh, we decided that it's best, uh, if I continue uh, being involved in the company and I converted my earnout into a share in, in what was then already a Prague gaming group with a goal to create a really global player and a leading, uh, content aggregation and BAM solution provider. Um, so we listed the company on NASDAQ in 2021. Um, I joined the board became a vice chairman and, uh, in June of this year, became a chairman of the board and then through, you know, uh, an analysis, uh, um, 
that the board performed uh, on the company decided together with the board that it's uh, best if I join the company as a CEO as well. And here we are. <laughs> the company has gone uh, full circle uh, yeah, uh, yeah. now, you could say. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more to understand the business model uh, here. So um, obviously you uh, you produce your own content as well through the game studios that you uh, that you own. You also aggregate uh, content to the operators um, uh, with the, through the classic game studios. Uh, you have exclusive uh, agreements with uh, certain game studios uh, that you. Uh, also get, uh, distribute games uh, through. You have your Pam and Turnkey. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of st stuff going on uh, here. So for the layman, perhaps, uh, uh, could you explain a little bit uh, more in clear terms, kind of like uh, what the business model of uh, Bragg is? Uh, what is it that you're trying to accomplish and what are your different verticals? Yeah, so we have um, we have a Pam vertical. So we uh, that's basically a, a player account management uh, system with uh, payments management model with uh, fraud model with uh, CRM, like a full PAM. Uh, we license that out to uh, licensed operators. Um, Holland is our biggest market uh, at the moment for PAM. We have creation operators in our PAM. We have uh, German operators in our PAM. And um, that has been the model since uh, 2013, really. Um, then we have an aggregation tech stack. PAM is a tech stack, aggregation is a tech stack. We have an aggregation tech stack. Um, there we basically aggregate third-party content providers such as Evolution Playing or Pragmatic um, and 70 other uh, content providers. And we deliver this content to B2C uh, operators in, a, um, in an efficient manner. It's called like that. Um, then we have RGS. The third tech stack is RGS, um, where we uh, aggregate third-party exclusive content, such as uh, Camomat, Blueberry, um, Peter and Sons, um, Gaming Arts, um, and so on and so forth. Um, King Show Games as well. And uh, these are content studios that don't have their own licenses, don't have their own certificates, don't have their own infrastructure. And we take their content and we implement that content on the RGS and we uh, then distribute it to our network of, of clients. Um, on the top of that same RGS, we have um, proprietary content. Um, as a result of our recent acquisition, uh, maybe I want to go, you know, step back. Um, we've acquired uh, Wall Street Gaming in 2021, and uh, they had a library of content that they were uh, developing for companies like Light and Wonder and IGT and and Pragmatic, IGT and land-based Light and Wonder and online and Pragmatic and online. So we took that library and we uh, implemented it on the top of our RGS and we're now distributing that content in both Europe and, and United States. And then we have a fully, sorry, fully staffed team of marketing and operational uh, teams, fully, fully staffed team of, uh, of, of uh, uh, marketing and operational people that uh, we offer as a service to PAM operators. So managed services, PAM, aggregation, and RGS, and content, that is a turnkey solution. Right, right, right. Yeah. So so um, 
on the game supplier side, on the content side, the, the opportunity here for you guys, if uh, if I can try to understand it, is essentially that, uh, especially in recent years, um, many, many, many game studios uh, have come to life. There are hundreds of game studios today yes. uh, who are all fighting uh, for distribution to operators, who are all fighting for space, who are all fighting to establish themselves. And um, many of these uh, game studios, they don't have the operational uh, know-how, the operational resources, perhaps, to uh, to be able to distribute their games uh, to as many operators as they wish. So they can essentially come to you as a game studio, and uh, you will take care of not only the distribution to the operators, uh, but also uh, to host the game and to verify the games and take care of all the... Uh, <laughs> All the kind of like commercial and messy stuff so that many of the smaller studios can just focus on creating games is that correct. something like this correct, yeah. correct that's that's correct we have also established ourselves as a as a leading aggregator for land-based uh content um wild streak was primarily a land-based content developer gammamat was primarily a land-based all right so you developer. bring them online then essentially. we bring them online yeah, yeah. Okay. so so uh, if you look at our portfolio right now, KSG is a, was a land-based uh, content studio developing for for IGT. Uh, Blueberry uh, is a land-based uh, content studio that is that is that has recently ventured into the online. So um, we feel we have an edge there, and uh, you know, very experienced, talented team, and uh, and we can offer a lot to these uh, to these uh, land-based content studios. We're not so much into you know smaller indie studios and uh, in a, you know trying to distribute them. It's uh, it's established uh, land-based developers and uh, trying to venture into online. Fair enough, fair enough. And uh, the company just looking at the uh, at the financials in the last uh, few quarterly reports. Uh, Harris Bragg is looking really positive. Uh, um, it seems like you are breaking. Kind of all-time highs uh, quarter per quarter uh, almost and you're naturally coming out of an all-time high quarter in terms of revenue EBITDA and so on and so forth uh, can you talk a, a bit more about the momentum that you have in the company it seems to be doing well quarter by quarter yes we have uh, we have grown uh, except for one quarter I think in 2021 we have been continuously growing mm. our uh, revenue and EBITDA um, so um, we have reported uh, record second quarter revenue of uh, 24.7 million euros. Uh, our gross profit was up 18.9% uh, to 13.8 million. You know, adjusted EBITDA up 51.3% to 4.7 million. And uh, that is a result of, uh, of delivering our strategy that was uh, right. mm. sort of refined in 2021 when we uh, acquired uh, Wild Streak in 2022 when we acquired uh, Spin Games. Right. And are, are you looking to, so obviously you are taking over, you know, CEO, um, Matev. So are you looking to make any major strategic uh, shifts in the company uh, at the moment? Or is it kind of more business as usual, tighten up processes, incremental? Or yeah, it's more of a, it's more of a, you know, I, what we want to do is accelerate our, uh, accelerate our US strategy um we have created a roadmap of uh 60 plus games that are going to be delivered in 2024 we believe that we have uh and this is your proprietary uh no, this is a combination or, or through of, the third party exclusive studios 
combination of yeah. proprietary and exclusive studios. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about Wild Streak, we're talking about Atomic Slot Labs, which is a studio that we have created uh, um, in 2022. It's a proprietary studio. Uh, Indigo Magic, which is another proprietary studio that we have created. Um, Blueberry, uh, KSG, Incredible Technologies, uh, Gamamat, and others. So uh, we think we have a very healthy roadmap of content that is going to be delivered to, to the market. And uh, we want to accelerate the distribution uh, and deployment of those games with US operators and global tier one operators, tier one and tier two operators. Right. And um, of course we wanna you know, optimize um, some of the processes, be more efficient, be more aggressive. You know, the market is, is uh, consolidating. So that's another challenge. And uh, we wanna look at uh, opportunities in the M&A space as well, uh, to a certain extent, obviously. Um, in Europe, we're still growing. We have a healthy growth rate in Europe as well. Um, you know, in Holland, we have managed to get to um, thirty plus percent of uh, of of, uh, of market share. We're uh, a supplier of uh, turnkey solution to seven operators, six sorry, six operators uh, at the moment, and uh, we have standalone aggregation. Uh, deals with um, a few other operators such as Holland Casinos and then we're a supplier of content to all the other uh, mm. operators uh, going very strong in in the US as well uh, with uh, uh, content distribution into um, operators in all states and uh, subject to some you know compliance uh, compliance processes that are underway. And uh, we feel that in 2024, we're going to be able to really push for yeah. for uh, increased revenue in, in the US. Uh, so Matos, let's stay on the, um, on the uh, North American uh, focus for a little bit. Uh, it seems like um, Bragg has committed itself to uh, seeing the North American market as its, um, as its primary focus, uh, if I understand things correctly, in terms of markets. Um, and, um, you know, the First and foremost, if we back up a couple of years, um, looking at the uh, at the share price of uh, uh, of Bragg, it reached like astronomical heights uh, a couple of years ago, um, and then it's kind of come back to to earth a bit. In connection to uh, to that kind of like uh, rise and coming back to uh, to the kind of pre-pandemic levels, let's say, um, it seems like um, it was an expectation on the U.S. market that uh, online gambling was going to be the next big thing together with sports betting. Correct. Now, as things turned out, uh, at least so far, we only have seven state launches in uh, in online gambling um, or casino, online casino, whereas we have uh, something like 35 state launches in, um, in sports betting uh, for online. Um, is it somewhat disappointing to you how the US market has turned out so far in terms of online gambling? And uh, how do you view the future of uh, the state launches uh, itself in, in online gambling? Because not, not much seems to be moving there right now. Yeah, so, you know, most of it was uh, so the share price movement. So, so the market valuations were 
a result of a of a market trend at the time. You know, if you look at DraftKings, it was seventy dollars in two thousand and twenty-one. We were at thirty Canadian in, in yes. two thousand and twenty. That's funny about three and DraftKings. I, I I remember that very well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And, dra- and, draft, and DraftKings <laughs> went down to like twelve dollars. We went yeah. down to four Canadian. So yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> We also had high expectations of investors as we prepared for NASDAQ launch in, in 2021, which was then delayed because of the uh, developments in, in Germany. You know, eventually we listed uh, on NASDAQ at the end of 2021 and then all sorts of different uh, macro geopolitical uh, challenges uh, in 2022. And we ended up where we are today with actually you know positive momentum yep. uh this year uh, yeah, with the sure. back share price gaining 50 percent yep uh in recent months so we plan to keep delivering and to keep the momentum of uh, uh of that uh in the following quarters yeah so exactly uh, but still you know looking at the expectations of the u.s market uh, now as we move forward um do you when, when you make your, you know, budgets uh, and analysis for the coming years and calculating growth and revenues and so on, do you um, do you see further state launches as a bonus? Uh, do you do you expect further uh, state launches, uh, or do you just kind of like budget for growth in the existing uh, seven states today? Yeah. So even with the existing regulated online casino states, and I have some numbers here, the U.S. as a whole is, you know, by the largest online casino market in the world today. It's, uh, you know, um, the hype over the US growth has slowed down a little bit, uh, but it's still a huge growth market compared to many other established markets in Europe. And just reading numbers near the US online casino market is on track to grow around 20% yeah. uh, this year wow. to around 7 billion in GGR, according to H2 yeah. Gambling Capital. And uh, that is based on the three largest iGaming states, which are, uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey at around 2 billion GGR each. <laughs> um, if we compare that with uh, some of the European, largest European iGaming markets, UK projected online casino GGR in 2023 is 5 billion dollars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's flat year on year growth. So we're very positive about developments in the yeah. US market. We're only, we're less than, we have less than 1% market share in the United States right now. So oh, there's well, plenty of uh, room to grow. Room to grow, yeah. 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 And and uh, how difficult is it to establish yourself in the US? It seems that you guys are very far ahead. You've already integrated with uh, most of the major yeah. operators over there. So, so how do you grow that market share from uh, here when you, you, yeah. you have established the contracts? You know, how do you grow that market share? Yeah, so we decided to acquire an established uh, it's called aggregation and delivery platform spin games in 2021 completed the deal in 2022 that accelerated uh, the process because spin was already integrated with all the major operators in all the iGaming states um, including some states in in Canada and had all the you know contracts uh, in place um, we are very well prepared for um, an aggressive rollout of of, uh, of our proprietary and third-party exclusive content through those integrations and through those uh, uh, established relationships, uh, and uh, we feel that you know with what I said earlier, with our 
a very healthy roadmap of 60 plus canes that are going to be released in 2024, we are going to be able to increase our market share in the, in the US market. Uh, right. So at the end of the day, it is all about the quality of the content. Correct. It's the quality of the content. It's the quality of the relationships that you have with uh, mm. with operators. But it's also about you know how well are you able to use your uh, tech stack. We believe that with our um, RGS tech stack and with our aggregation tech stack, and on top of that with our Fuse tech stack, which is something that we have introduced in two thousand and twenty two, we're able to compete and uh, uh, actually be very competitive. Mm. Uh, um, in the market, um, you know, a few words about Fuse. Fuse is an engagement platform that allows us to uh, uh, aggressively promote and place content. Um, you know, we're able to cre create uh, campaigns, uh, in-game retention campaigns, uh, and so on and so forth. And that is something that we put a lot of effort in, and we believe that it's that is going to propel us. Uh, yeah. Uh, and can you talk a, a bit more on the um, on the challenges of the U.S. market, perhaps, because it's it's a very different market to uh, uh, to Europe in the sense that uh, European operators, um, thousands of games integrated, the integration in itself is perhaps not the biggest challenge, but rather uh, you know how to uh, how, how to market the games uh, in the operators. But whereas uh, in the U.S., it's a lot more difficult even to. Uh, even to get started, uh, right? Even to get the first game integrated. Correct. Uh, can you talk uh, about w what is the major challenges there in the US as a game supplier? And um, uh, and perhaps, um, you know, if you are a small game studio, um, maybe going through all these like license uh, processes is not possible, but then instead uh, you can integrate your game through working with someone like yourself, right? Yeah. So what are the challenges? So the challenge is obviously, you know, um, compliance, getting licenses in, in the United States, not an easy process. And it requires lots of commitment from, um, key executives, uh, board members, shareholders as well. Yeah, what do you mean by that commitment? Well, lots of paperwork. Yeah. It's just lots of paperwork and interviews and uh, yeah. just the amount of time that you spend preparing uh, due diligence, due diligence yeah. yeah, so um, historical records of uh, yeah. individuals and some people are not willing to do it. Some people don't have time to do it. Some people are um, just, you know, couldn't care less because they have businesses in Europe that are uh, making them enough money. Um, so that's one challenge. Uh, the other challenge is obviously um getting all the contracts done with uh major us operators and you know these are very different companies from what we were used to uh in in europe um then you have integration challenges uh most of the us operators have very busy integration roadmaps so uh it's not like you're going to get integrated in two three months or whatever the case might be with uh with uh um, some, you know, less global into, um, operators, um, these, uh, times, the integration times can go up to 12 months and, you know, with some operators even more and some operators as a result of recent cons consolidation processes have, uh, initiated migration, uh, platform migration, uh, projects. And, uh, that's another challenge for content providers, uh, as well, because they, 
uh, might have been integrated into the text tech stack uh, yesterday, but they're not integrating into a new tech stack that is being introduced tomorrow, right? So um, it's, uh, it's a lot of time, it's a lot of effort, it's a lot of uh, commitment uh, yeah. from the company across all teams, across all processes to get live in in United States. And I think we are, like I said, with the acquisition of Spin and the addition of uh, Wall Street Games, who is a US slot development specialist, because that is also important. You have to have quality content. Yeah. You can't just, uh, you know, obviously go into a new market uh, without a, a local uh, slot development knowledge or slot knowledge. Uh, and again, we, we believe that we have an edge here. Uh, and we believe that we're going to be successful in uh, distributing and uh, developing, distributing and deploying that content in the United States. So, so is that what you see as like a bit the competitive edge uh, uh, here in, in the US? There isn't that many players on the game studio uh, side. There isn't that many uh, competitors as there are in Europe. And, and um, perhaps in Europe, it becomes more a race to the bottom to some extent, yeah. uh, where game studios are undercutting each other in order to uh, uh, in order to um, promote their games uh, via operators, whereas in the US you're already integrated, you already have the licenses. Uh, you, you, uh, you today you have a low market share, but you have a great opportunity now to Correct. grow that market share Correct. without having to fight on these like very difficult terms that you have to do in Europe. Is it Correct. something like this? Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And I think that the entry barriers are actually getting higher uh, in in United States. Um, so. You know, we believe that uh, that the uh, the American market is going to uh, be less of an opportunity or less of a chance for smaller studios coming into the market. It's going to be so. It was all about quantity in the past uh, two years because operators were trying to uh, get uh, content in. You know, at some point. I think Michigan had only like 80 games certified. I think it was at some point last year. <laughs> so that, that was a that was a that was a challenge. You know, how do you get yeah. enough uh, quantity? Now they're focusing on more on you know quality and uh, and stable stable roadmaps that they can get uh, yeah. established with content providers. Yeah, yeah, and of course in in the future you're going to see you're going to see content providers introducing. Uh, unique features, unique tool sets, um, same like Europe, maybe five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, so, yeah. But it's going to be a much faster process. It's going to be, you know, Europe on steroids, I guess. Uh, Europe started with uh, migration away from casino modules into seamless integrations. There was free rounds and then it was you know, all sorts of uh, other stuff like leaderboards, tournaments, uh, um, and massive quantity of content. So in Europe now, it's it's more of a challenge of, you know, for casino managers, what content do you yeah, use? Right. What content do you? Yeah, of uh, the world, promote, thousands, uh, yeah, thousands, yeah, yeah, of thousands of games, of yeah. games yeah. that they get on their desk every week. Yeah. Uh, uh, in yeah. Europe, it was more, uh, recently, it was more a challenge of getting enough content. <laughs> in. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And uh, so, are there other markets that uh, you are looking at as well? Um, there's a lot of emerging markets out there today. Um, 
Latin America is really hot right now with some of the markets over there uh, about to be regulated mm -hmm. or are regulated already. Uh, Brazil, mm -hmm. Peru, Chile, Argentina, you know, so on and so forth. Um, other emerging markets uh, cropping up as well around the, around the world. Um, when you look at the more global perspective, Matthews, outside of Europe and, uh, and uh, North America, where do you see opportunity for growth? Um, so we, like I said, we still see opportunity for growth in Europe. So, um, you know, main markets in Europe, uh, such as Italy, UK, uh, Sweden, Spain, um, we see opportunities for growth in Canada, uh, where uh, Ontario is uh, currently the only, uh, regular commercial, commercial market. We see opportunity for growth outside of Ontario and outside of the commercial market. Uh, we see opportunity for growth in the lottery segment we have recently launched our um, aggregation and engagement platform one of the um, european state lottery operators and we see a lot of interest um, for that from other uh, lottery operators as they venture away from you know uh, being a, a classic retail uh, ticket uh, seller into you know being a an online um, operator so they're adding content they have to add content to be able to compete and they also have to add tool sets that are uh, allowing them to compete with traditional online casino uh, operators we see um, brazil as obviously a market that is going to be um, hugely important for suppliers like us um, and we are very happy that uh, finally the regulation has uh, you know, come yep. to fruition. Moving forward. Yeah, yeah and it includes online gambling now. Yeah? It has. Yeah, 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 yeah. Since uh, yesterday, the amendment. Uh, there. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So Brazil and then Mexico, obviously. Mexico uh, is a market that uh, we believe has huge potential as well. Can, you, can we stay on Mexico as a topic uh, yeah. for a while? Because it's, it's a market that... Uh, it's uh, interesting to me. We, we are doing some research uh, on our side of Mexico right now. And uh, obviously, uh, Caliente is the big player over there. They own something like, I don't know, 75% of the market, yeah, something like this. Uh, and so it's almost like a monopoly uh, that is uh, e even even worse than the US in a sense where you have, in the US at least, you have four players that have like relevant market share. In, in Mexico, there's Caliente and everyone else yes <laughs> right um how do you see and still you know mexico is um one of the most populous uh, countries in latin america uh, massive 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 market but uh, seemingly operators are struggling a bit to uh, establish themselves there uh, we've seen even a few um a few cases of companies uh, that have been committing themselves to mexico and failing to the point where the company failed um uh, Genesis is a, is an example of this. Um, so, so in the Mexican market, like, how do you see that market developing? Is it possible to go up against Caliente as an operator today? Well, everything is possible. Future? I mean, the future. So <laughs> it probably depends on the regulation as well. I mean, current regulation is uh, it's not you know a very modern one i would right. say so, you have to partner with the land-based uh yes and i think like the, the, the law is from something like the, the law that they use for the yeah. for the for the basis of like the gaming directives or what they call it is from i think 1948 or something oh, okay. like that. <laughs> um the definition 
<laughs> at least the definitions of it. <laughs> Great way to regulate online gambling. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, lots probably. I mean, I'm not an expert on Mexico. Just, no. just uh, so yeah, we understand absolutely. each other. So, um, you know, any market like that uh, is a great opportunity, and uh, both for operators and for uh, suppliers and for all the, you know, other companies, marketing companies, affiliates. Um, influences um oh. whatnot is it possible to challenge caliente i would say yes i mean someone will eventually come that is going to uh, break through that uh, uh monopoly yeah uh, one way or the other yeah, uh, yeah. how and when that's a, <laughs> probably a, a billion dollar question yeah, yeah literally <laughs> yes. uh so so uh, Taking a step back again, you know, we, we talked about before that uh, there is the proliferation of game studios now. There's hundreds and hundreds of game studios, uh, many of which have popped up in the last one or two or three years, um, to the point where, as you point out, in, in the European market specifically, it's difficult for the casino managers even to keep up with all the games that are being released on a monthly basis. Um, is it sustainable? Is, is this market sustainable with hundreds of game studios existing? Or do you think uh, consolidation is inevitable or bankruptcies are inevitable within the game studio segment today? And uh, does this present opportunities for you? Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, perhaps uh, you are not close to uh, pursuing growth, uh, growth through M&A. You know, there must be a lot of talent that kind of like uh, game studio, uh, game studios out there that are struggling today. How, how do you view that segment of the of the market? Yeah, so the general trend has been toward consolidation in the industry, and we review the opportunities as they arise. And um, when I when we talk about M and A, that is more uh, something that we're you know monitoring. Um, uh, if these opportunities arise, we will obviously uh, look at them. Um, we acquired two game studios, like I said, uh, Wall Street and, and, and Spin Games, and uh, we've partnered with many more on the RGS uh, level. So we have a very good overview of what's going on in the content uh, space. Um, now, you know, content studios have a challenge to deliver consistently, and the um, they have to have great product and uh, great angle. And uh, I agree, the, the, the competition there out there is uh, fierce and it's very difficult to survive in, uh, in, in this world. Also with, you know, increased regulation, uh, compliance that is, uh, that is uh, comprised of requirements that are heavier and heavier every year. Restrictions uh, for the operators are sort of driving uh, uh, driving these studios to have to lower their prices, have to lower the rates. Um, it's going to be tough to survive uh, for a lot of them, uh, I guess. And, you know, a few things that it's probably worth to mention is that, uh, you know, differentiation is going to be the key in the future for these uh, con studios. Localization is going to be key. Quality math models is going to be the key for these studios. Um, unique features is going to be uh, very important for uh, content studios to be able to offer something different to these operators. Today, you can't win just with you know producing ten games, twelve games, and and 
you know, no one's going to look at them if you throw them into the market and say, hey, I'm the best uh, out there. Um, doesn't work that way. No, you can't get away with uh, launching another cherry and no. bells uh, game. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Very difficult. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, you know, as an aggregator, um, in a way, you could say that an aggregator is just the middleman between the game studio and the operator taking a cut. And um, what's uh, what's uh, what do you feel is like? Why do you feel aggregators are important to the industry? Uh, you know, and and why will they continue to be important uh, in the future when operators are struggling with margins? It's difficult markets. Uh, you know, wh wh what do you see your place as to contribute and to sustain this ecosystem? Yeah. So the aggregators um, are important. Um, because they allow the operators to um, deliver a full suite of casino games or our gaming content to their players through a single integration without too much uh, development and uh, sort of integration hassle and pretty much through a single contract. Uh, and it's a very effective way uh, uh, of, uh, of managing the content delivery process. Um, and I believe that is a model that is going to, a business model that is going to stay. It's not going to go away. It's actually uh, becoming more and more important as these large operators uh, try to manage their priorities on one hand, development integration priorities on, on one hand, and and launches in into new markets on the other hand. It's, uh, it's uh, the aggregators that they rely on as they try to offer quality content uh to their players it's uh like i said it's a very efficient way of uh of doing that um new markets uh like brazil are going to offer more opportunity for for aggregators new markets such as uh canada ontario and offer more opportunity for content aggregators we've seen that happening in uh markets like uh, belgium holland uh as well and some of the more established markets in Europe, such as uh, um, Croatia, Serbia as well, uh, Romania, um, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, so you know, we're happy to, uh, to, to see that uh, development. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and Michael, just to, to start to round off uh, a little bit here, I'm curious as well, you know, as a, um, as a founder myself of a business, you know, I ran, uh, we ran this business for, for the last 10 years and um, I know the ups and downs and the, the struggles of uh, running a business, at least on a, on a smaller scale, uh, of course, than yourself. But I'm curious as well um, about your own personal journey. You know, you, you built Oryx for a number of years. Uh, you, you, did, you made a partial exit here that brought the company uh, to the public markets and uh, kind of took a step back from being the CEO at that time of the full company. Uh, still, as you mentioned, you were still uh, on the board of directors and so on. Um, and now you're taking a step back into the CEO role, into the fray, uh, you know, taking a step up in, in terms of operational, um, uh, kind of being part of the whole operation again. Uh, so like what person, like personally, what drives you to continue to work uh, hard? After, uh, after you know, thirteen years later, running the company, taking a step back, and then now jumping into the fray again, how do you keep yourself motivated? Well, it's a challenge, and I like challenges, and um, 
what motivates um, me is, you know, uh, like I said to you before, I think that this company has uh, um, massive potential to become one of the leading um, uh, content delivery and content providers uh, in the U.S. and, and in, in, in Americas and some of the evolving markets such as Brazil um, and Canada. Um, and our focus is going to be, you know, U.S. obviously uh, on that front. So that is sort of one challenge. And the other challenge is, you know, how do I... Um, how do I, you know, make this company even more successful uh, in Europe, where our core markets uh, are, and you know where we actually started? Um, to go, you know, maybe a few years back, this when I left this company as a CEO, it was a, it was, a, I think we that year, I think we did like fifty-seven million euros in revenue, and it was uh, something like two hundred and fifty people. Now it's a, it's a, it's a global player. It has become a global player. It's an Nasdaq listed company. We have forty-four. 450 plus people across Las Vegas, um, Toronto, London, Malta, Slovenia, and Chennai in India. 25 different uh, licenses, uh, you know, licensed in 25 different jurisdictions or certified or approved in any way in 25 different jurisdictions. So it's a, it's a, it's something that drives me, uh, and it's something that. Uh, uh, I would like to take on as a, as a challenge personally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also very, uh, very much, uh, aligned with, uh, with the other shareholders, with the board and, uh, you know, with the management, I'm a single large shareholder of the business. So that's also a very important driver. <laughs> you have a personal interest. Yes, there, so yes. yeah. <laughs> it's important for sure. And, uh, sure, sure. you know, founder led businesses, uh, I think are the businesses to really keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, there is more than just the, uh, more than just the work commitment uh, yeah. there, there is the heart and the soul and the, obviously yeah. the financial commitment. To and the, I think it's the... a massive opportunity for the company, mm -hmm. for me personally, for, you know, for the team, um, for the, uh, for the Oryx team that, uh, you know, uh, some people or, or lots of people that, um, that, uh, were there in 2021 and, uh, in 2020 are still there. Uh, we added, you know, uh, lots of, uh, new talent, uh, to the business, both in the U S office in the Malta office and in Slovenia office, we obviously, you know, have, uh, wall streak, uh, as a very experienced, uh, slot developer, slot development, uh, team. And, uh, that's something new for me as well to have a proprietary studio in house. And, um, I'm, I, I enjoy working with these people and, uh, I was always very, uh, uh, very highly motivated, uh, uh, in that respect. Final question, uh, for you today, Matthias. Um, so we talked about the opportunity. We talked about the market itself, um, us rest of the world, the brag gaming past present, but let's talk a, a little bit about the future as well. So, uh, where do you see brag gaming and the gaming industry perhaps in uh, five years time? Do you have any predictions for the company where you want to be? Uh, and do you have any predictions for the uh, industry itself? Um, what's well, for the industry, it's hard to, uh, see the, uh, it's hard not to imagine more consolidation happening in the next five years. So I think that uh, we're going to see more consolidation, 
both on the B2C side and on the B2B side. And uh, um, we are going to be a partner of choice for uh, these global, op global operators on both sides of the ocean um, sooner than five years from now. <laughs> uh, we're going to be a, you know, a PAM and a turnkey solution provider in multiple jurisdictions. Uh, we have proven ourselves to be, you know, a very reliable and uh, trustworthy partner for um, large operators uh, in that vertical. And like I said, we want to be a, a content partner of choice for global operators on the both side of the both side of the ocean in a few years' time. Brilliant. Exciting times ahead for Bragg Solid, uh, solid investment case uh, here today, that's for sure. Mathes, it's been uh, great to get to know you here. It's been great for me to dive into uh, into the company, and I'm really excited to uh, to see how things are going to pan out there. Thank sure. you for coming on board today. Thank you very much, and hope we see each other soon. Aye, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>